Welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Husseini, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes authors make with their books. Why do so many book titles end up in the author's graveyard? A working book marketing strategy for your upcoming books or for your existing books, the benefits of niche marketing, and much, much more. My guest today is Susan Friedman, and we are talking about how to market your nonfiction book with confidence. Welcome, Susan. Oh, good to be here, Mustafa. Thank you so much. Great to have you. And this is a this is a great topic, and I can't wait to dig into this amazing uh, opportunity and topic and share your wisdom with people on how to market their books because it helps people to establish themselves as an expert and. Um, uh, and a lot of people, I think, have written books that are not doing well, and they could use a bit of help with your wisdom and, you know, take it to the next level. Well, thank you. And I'm thrilled that you are so interested in this title because, yeah, um, you know, there are over 2.2 million books published every year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. We'll get to that. Let me do it. I know. Let me do my housekeeping items here, and then we're going to dive right into it. So. As usual, if you're watching or listening, please make sure to like and subscribe to any channel that you're watching. If you have any questions, put them as a comment. If you have any comments, put a live comment on Facebook, YouTube, uh, uh, LinkedIn, and different channels that you're watching. If you have a friend that could benefit from this topic, which I think we all do have a friend who have a book or want to write a book, please tag them in a comment. Say, hey, Stephanie, you probably should check this out or see what Susan has to offer here. And um, that's that. Next piece I was gonna, I'm gonna bring up is the confidence giveaway is coming up. The page is live. You can opt in and join uh, the gifts that are gonna be released next week. Uh, myself and a bunch of other contributors are sharing gifts to help you boost your confidence in different areas of business, such as mindset, business strategy, speaking invisibility, health and wellness, and a few other categories. So that's that. The link is in the um, um, comments, and you can go to dailyconfidence.show forward slash giveaway to get access to your gifts. Let me do the proper introduction for Susan here, and we're going to dive into a very interesting topic. For over 30 years, Susan Friedman, a certified speaking professional, has traveled the world training and coaching entrepreneurs how to wipe out sameness, add vitality and differentiation to their marketing. Through her company, Aviva Publishing, she has guided hundreds of nonfiction authors to use their book to become a recognized expert authority in their field. Susan has written 17 books and has sold over half a million copies of her first book. Her international bestsellers include Meeting, and event planning for dummies and riches in niches. How to make it big in a small market. She's also the host of award-winning podcast, Book Marketing Mentors. Welcome, Susan. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Great to have you. So how's your day going so far? Excellent. Excellent. It's a beautiful day here in Lake Placid, New York. And yeah, it's getting dark though. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the end of the day for you guys? It almost is. Yes, we're on the East Coast. Yes, you are. You're a couple hours ahead of us. We're in mountain time here. So it's like 2.30 here, basically. So, Susan, what is your story? Oh, what is my story? That's a great question. Um, how did I get to where I am as the founder and owner of Aviva Publishing? Um, long journey. And it started off once upon a time when I got laid off, not once, not twice, but three times. And I suddenly realized that, hey, I need to take the reins of my destiny into my hands. And that's when I became an entrepreneur, or as I like to call it, a nichepreneur. And we'll talk more about that. No. And I went into a niche market trade show training. And yeah, 
Yeah, that's exactly. Niche market trade show training. Yeah, trade show training. I was training exhibitors at trade shows how to be more effective in their marketplace. And over the period of about 25 years, Mustafa, I went from being a complete unknown in that area to being basically the go-to expert. And um, yeah, and so a lot of my books were published as a result of that. They're all in the trade show arena. Uh, and the one that you mentioned, my first book, exhibiting at trade shows, tips mm -hmm. and techniques for success. That's the one that sold over 250, uh, not 200, 500,000 uh, copies. Wow. And it's a it's an interesting concept. And if we've got time, we'll go into that, uh, how that how that worked, because uh, that's definitely something that I teach in my abundant author retreat when we talk about how to build a business around your book. So, yeah. And uh, about five years ago, I transitioned from um, working in the trade show industry to working full time with nonfiction authors, helping them also go from unknown author to expert authority. Um, I've had Aviva Publishing. I started Aviva Publishing just to publish my own work. I didn't think that I would be publishing other people's, but a uh, book coach came to me and said, would you publish my work and people who I work with? And I was like, I don't see why not. And so uh, 400 titles later, you know, we've been in business over 30 years and uh, yeah. Um, it's, 400 titles that's a lot yeah of mainly nonfiction. i i really prefer to work with nonfiction authors because uh, i relate to nonfiction better than i relate to fiction but we've got a few fiction authors as well very interesting nonfiction versus i actually wrote a blog on that nonfiction you did? Versus fiction what did you say in the blog <laughs> so what i said was that we shouldn't read nonfiction only oh Correct. I will endorse like, that. Absolutely. So my, my reading strategy is that I alternate between fiction and nonfiction. So I have time to digest and uh, and understand the information. Yeah, like, and I think I you're absolutely right. I, I also like to sprinkle a little bit of, non, you know, fiction in with a nonfiction as well. And you get some great ideas from fiction. Uh, I mean, when I read fiction, uh, what happens is that my sense of fantasy and my visualization activates and I come up with amazing ideas. I, Almost I every would fiction that I read. That. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's like, so, it's like taking a break for me. Yeah. Yeah, because so, we can, yeah, it could just be nonfiction all the time and it can get old. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there's so much we could read and understand. So we have to give ourselves, I guess, time to to learn it, to apply it, to digest it, to make something out of it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there is that creativity that I believe uh, fiction authors have that often nonfiction authors don't. I mean, I'm very much a, a tips and techniques, how to do this, how to do that. Whereas fiction authors, they use story and story sells as we know now, yes. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that. So, Susan, what do you do these days and who do you serve? So I serve nonfiction authors, um, primarily speakers, coaches, trainers, uh, small business owners who want to have a book or have a book. And they want to use that book to gain credibility in their marketplace, because really a book um, for this audience is a big fat business card that says, hey, look, I've, I'm an expert. I've written a book in this area. And yeah, this, this is my endorsement of uh, credibility. Got it. Love it, love it, love it. So let's dive into book marketing. What are some of the biggest mistakes that authors make? Oh, thank you for asking that because I hear it and see it all the time. And one of the first questions I ask an author when they come to me and say, Susan, you know, would Aviva Publishing publish my book? And I said, well, who is 
your book for? Tell me what they say, Mosova. Do you know what they Everybody, say? Everybody, usually. Yeah, you got it. My book's for everyone. I've got a universal message. And I want to change like, the whole world. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm like, that's great. And how do you plan on marketing to everybody? Because not even Procter and Gamble try that. You know, the biggest of the big don't even try that. So, you know, Mr. Ms. Entrepreneur, um, why do you think you can do that? Or how are you planning to do that? Uh, which is which is a big issue. So having a message that you believe is for everyone is a huge, huge mistake. And rather have that message go to a specific group. And you and I talked a little bit about niche uh, niches earlier, and we can talk a lot more because I love that subject. My, my book, The Riches and Niches, How to Make it Big in a Small Market. Um, I just love I love niche marketing. I believe that is the key to unlock many riches in your marketplace. That's huge. It huge, is. Huge, it huge. Is. I'm a huge fan of, uh, I, I think that's basically the only way to, to go. Yeah, yeah. And we could talk more about that. Yeah. Hmm. So um, would you like another mistake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it, give <laughs> yeah, them well, all the top, top three or four. Let's go for more, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so another mistake that so many authors make is that they don't invest in marketing. They put so much money into producing the book, and then they think that, oh, well, somehow it's magically going to market itself or that they're going to rely on good old Amazon. I'm going to post my book on Amazon and then I can just sit back and wait for, you know, the sales to come rolling in. Unfortunately, that is a myth. Absolutely. <laughs> a big, big myth. And I hope anybody who's listening, watching us, that um, please, don't rely on that. Yes, put your book on Amazon, but um, it's a shop window and you have to bring people to that shop window. Absolutely. So, so far we got writing and trying to please everybody and then not marketing it. What, what else do we have for mistakes? Uh, what else do we have for mistakes? I think it's more not knowing exactly who to market to and, you know, having that marketing plan of how you're going to do this. Um, one of another mistake is relying on social media. And, you know, I say, well, OK, who who's your following? How you know, how many people do you have in your database? Oh, I've got thousands of people on Facebook or I've got thousands of people, you know, on uh, LinkedIn. And I'm like, that's great. What if they go away tomorrow? Where do these people go? Um, have them on your list and find a way to entice them with a lead magnet, with some kind of giveaway that they will part with their name and email address. And um, you have got their information so that you can market to them directly. And if people don't get anything else from this program, please do that. <laughs> because you're building a house on rented land. Uh, you've probably heard that before, Mustafa. That, uh, you know, and we know Facebook went down uh, a few weeks ago. And what if it had gone down forever? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was, I, was I, I think it was gone for like six hours. Exactly. It was nerve wracking. Yeah. I mean, people were like, oh, my goodness, what, what can I do? What shall I do? I can't get hold of people. I can't do anything. So, yeah, big mistake. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So why do so many book titles end up in a graveyard and they just, it's, they don't do anything despite all the work and all the um, 
amazing uh, uh you know designs that they've done for the cover and you know i feel like a million dollars but my bank account does not reflect my feelings yeah so it's exactly what we talked about earlier is not having a niche and putting that book out and trying to sell it to everyone um when you sell it in a niche market uh you have much more opportunity to be that big fish in a small pond uh which is exactly you know going back to my own experience in the trade show market where I was one of less than a dozen people in the world doing trade show training for exhibitors and so I was niched by topic and industry but I covered all different trade shows in all different industries and at one point I thought of well how about going let's say just into healthcare and that would have niched me by topic and industry mm-hmm. um which you can do you can do it by topic by topic and industry you can niche by geography uh as well uh if you want to just stay within your state within a certain the east coast the west coast north america you know south america you know if you, if you find you know a niche an area globally that you want to uh work in you can uh, but you've got to define all that up front and who you're exactly going after who it is mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know you it. talk a lot about it and I know you believe in it um be- because you're not trying to sell to everyone. That goes back to yeah. who's this book for. You know, if it's a book on leadership or sales, well what industry do you want to be known in? I had one author um Mustafa who worked in the printing industry and but for small printers so he he really took down you know not only not just any printer it was printers in you know s- uh, uh, small printers um that he wanted to work with and so he took his book on selling into that industry he knew that industry often it's your background um that you you fall back on so yeah so how did that, how did it work out for this printer guy oh yeah. excellent and he's now actually teaching courses at um a school where they work where they teach printing um printing industry um so he's he's selling he's selling really well good for him and he teaches them how to run their business or how to market yeah, how to run their business job. how to do the selling in that business uh, because he knows that business he's got credibility because that's his background Yeah. Absolutely. It's like one of my um speaker colleagues and she was an an RN, a registered nurse, and she got burnt out doing that. And she said I want to get out of healthcare. I said, "Karen, what do you want to do?" She said, "I want to um take humor into the workplace." And I was like, "Okay." Uh yeah, she said I want to make people feel less stressed. As like well who needs that more than anyone but your nurses nursing and you've oh, got yeah. credibility you've walked in their shoes they know they know that you know their situation and now she's created something called neurohumor and she's the number one in the world because she's working in that environment and you know nobody necessarily outside of that environment knows who she is as people didn't know who Susan Friedman was in the trade show you know unless you weren't in the trade show industry you didn't know who I was and what I did and that was okay because you you know if you weren't in that industry weren't you weren't my target audience very interesting yeah i'm a huge sense? fan of subject and industry so mine is simple marketing plans for coaches there you go that's it that's it. I I don't have to explain too much as to what that means. Yeah, not at all. It, right. I mean, right there and then, anybody who's not a coach isn't necessarily right. your market. Yeah. Now, you could niche that even further saying, you know, life coaches or coaches certain types of coaches, but just coaches in and of itself 
and you've got something very specific that you're teaching them, which I yeah, know absolutely. that we plan could, is dynamite. We could do female coaches, male coaches, yep, coaches between 35 to 55. Absolutely. There's a million ways. Or coaches in California or coaches... There's a different like exactly you, you can cut and dice and slice at the end of the day you've got to find out is there are there enough people in that market to make it viable for you to do what you do and sell what you sell yeah absolutely gang if you're watching or listening feel free to put in any questions or comments you have about publishing or marketing your books in a comments as we're talking and we'll do our best to cover your questions and um, now for uh, Susan, for someone that has a hard time letting go of everybody and sticking to a or finding a niche market, how do I, how do you, let, let's say that's me, I'm having a hard time. How do you convince me to do that? It's called the fear of focus um, or that fear, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Do you think, oh my goodness, if I only stick to coaches, what happens if somebody who is a speaker, who is a trainer, or maybe who's a small business owner and isn't a coach, um, if they came to me, does that mean that I can't sell to them? Uh, absolutely not. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Yeah. But when you put your energy and focus into one market, you can be much more effective and efficient in your marketing. Plus, you cut out, you know, so oh, many nice. competitors, too. Mm -hmm. So if you've Love got that. fewer competitors, you can be more visible. You're more effective in your marketing. And listen to this. You can charge more. If you are the only game in town or one of the only games in town, guess what? People will pay because they can't get what you offer anywhere else. Does that make sense? You're speaking my language like no one else. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, like when you say only do this for this specific group of people, you eliminate 99% of your competition. Exactly. Or you just have no competition at all. Exactly. You don't have to do a lot of selling. You don't have to do a lot of convincing. And like you said, once you establish yourself a little bit, even, even from the beginning, you could charge extra. Why? Because yep. you specialize in this specific thing. They're not, there's nobody else that does that. I know. I was, I put together 50 um, checklists for exhibitors. And it was all based on my the book that I showed you, the Exhibiting at Trade Shows, Tips and Techniques for Success. I'm very good at cutting, dicing and slicing books. I, you know, and trying to repurpose them in many different ways. Yeah. Any, any event, um, I, I did these 50 checklists and they were downloadable checklists. $50. Now you'll say, well, that seems like a lot. And people said, how could you sell checklists for $50? I'm like, nobody else was doing it. <laughs> and guess what? People paid it. Oh, my God. I got so many checklists. It's not yeah. even funny. You you can pop them all together. Yeah. Sell them. And yes, I mean. I've got a lot of checklists. People hate Mustafa. The people love tips and they love checklists. And oh my so, God. You just hey, a there's a market idea. out there. And if nobody else is doing it, hey, do it. Make some money with that. I put an item, sell checklists. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you've got I'm, I'm the same way. I come up with processes and checklists on how to do something, break it down step by step so, so it gets yeah. done. People love it. People love it. I mean, yeah. And as I said, if you, you know, when you've written a book, you take that book and you look at what you can do with it. And... I'd love to take people through the process with this book of how it sold half a million copies. Can I, can I go Ab through that? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we start off with exhibit a, which is exhibiting at trade shows, tips and techniques for success. Now this actually was a traditionally published book. It was published by a group called Chris publications. They did what's called a 50 minute book. You can read it cover to cover in 50 minutes. That was their, you know, little gimmick. And um, they, they 
sold hundreds of these. Any event. So when that book came out, I thought to myself, I don't want to sell books in onesies and twosies. How can I sell these in bulk? So I thought, well, who would want this book? Who has the same target audience as me? That is exhibitors at trade shows, but are not my competitors. So I looked at the people who um, provide, who build the exhibits, the booths, the stands and all different, you know, different, you know, those are, it's called different things to different people. In the States, we call them booths on, in Europe, um, they call them stands. Any event. So I went to the one that makes what's called uh, custom exhibits. Those are the ones they cost about half a million uh, dollars to produce. And they, these huge monstrosities that companies put up in uh, trade shows. So I went to a group and I said, how would you like this book? And they said, yeah, okay. So they had the book done exhibiting, let's get that in the camera, exhibiting at trade shows. And it was their book, it was exhibit group. They sponsored the group. The only difference between this book and this book is that the cover and at the front, there was a letter from the president of their company. The rest of the book was exactly the same as the original. They bought 2,000 copies of this. So I'm like, hey, we're onto a good thing here. <laughs> this is working. This is working. So I thought, well, I'm not going to go to their competitors. I don't want to do that. So I said, well, I can't go to custom exhibits, but there is what's known as portable exhibits. And these are the ones that the small ones that you can just pull up and boom, there, there's, there's an exhibit. And so I went to a company um, that I knew well, Nomadic Display, and I said, would you like to do this? You know, provide this to your clients along with the exhibit. And they we looked at the price, it was too expensive for them. So they said, you know, between us, we came up with something creative. And I said, look, I can take some of that material and condense it, same material. So we came up with tips and techniques for exhibiting success. And so you're presenting, just to clarify, you're presenting this idea to an, to an exhibition company. There's some people who sell the exhibits. Like booth at, at trade shows. Correct. Okay. All right. That we makes both sense. have the same target audience. Okay. So they bought 250,000 copies of this. What? And they translated it into five languages. What? Okay. One deal, 250,000 copies? 250,000. Same material, just different format. Love it. Okay. So then that was such a success. They came back to me and they said, could we do this again? But I want you to put it in another format. So we did same material, 120 ways to successful exhibiting. And they ordered another 250,000 of these. And is it they the same just translated it to English and German. Those were the two languages that they Is needed. that different content or same content? Same content. Just formatted differently. In fact, this one is more tips. You know, little tips. There's one tip and maybe 50 words, 50 to 100 words about each tip. I love that idea. So you go to the person that could use this and did they just gift this to their customers? These actually they used as lead magnets. They All right, so okay. Walk us through that. Walk us through that and how that works. So they had a postcard that this was before in the olden days. Yeah. <laughs> when we still used mail. Yeah. <laughs> It still works. Mail works beautifully. Oh, mail works. It works. Very well. So postcard. 
fill this postcard in to get a copy of your 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 booklet and so they would fill it in and then a salesperson in that area you know let's say in chicago would have those cards and then go to the prospect give them a copy of the book and then hopefully sell them an exhibit and then they would follow up with a phone call saying, hey, did you use it? Is this useful? We'd like to have you practice the tips here. Exactly. And did, they, did they give this away for free as a lead yeah, magnet? This one they oh, gave yeah. away for free. Yeah, both oh of them God. actually gave away for free because, you know, they they want their exhibit, they want their clients to be successful at shows. So hmm. I was helping them with my material to make their clients successful at their shows. What do you say about doing this digitally where you would give the copy of the book for free, pick up their first name, email, or phone number? Yeah, yeah. And right. then follow up with a phone call? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh or you could yeah. even follow up with a webinar? Absolutely. Training. I did training for nomadic display several times. Um, I actually trained their salespeople on exhibiting techniques so that they could help their clients with it. What do you say to people that are really stuck on selling their book and they're not willing to give it away for free? So sell it. Yeah, I mean, but don't think about selling it in onesies and twosies. Think about who well who could benefit. And this is the this is how niche marketing can really help you. Because then the more narrow you can look at who else has my target audience but is not a competitor. Mm-hmm. So that's the thinking here, Mustafa, that who else, it's that, I mean, in marketing lingo, it's called upstream. Who's my upstream? Who who else has my target audience uh, as well? And that we're offering complementary either products or services. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So for for example, can we talk about us? Oh, absolutely. I don't do publishing. I don't do trade shows. I -hmm. help people create their marketing plan. We could refer to each other all day long. Absolutely. And benefit from that and complement each other. Yeah, because my audience, I mean, one of my audiences are coaches. They're coaches, trainers, consultants, speakers for the most part. Because those are the people who write books. Um, Because they want the credibility of being seen as an expert, a thought leader in their t- within their target market. Absolutely, one and the same. I have I have coaches and authors, coaches and entrepreneurs that are that they want to write a book or they have a book and they need somebody to help them with. Yes, bingo. Yeah. Go talk to Susan. Yeah, exactly. And beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's, so much it's something totally different it's a different way of looking at it and that's what i love and it's it's not rocket science i mean i'm i'm far from a rocket scientist but i look at things differently in terms of if everybody's zigging i want to zag mm-hmm. you know if everybody's going down this avenue um you know why you know <laughs> And that's actually one of the mistakes, too, that often authors make. You know, they've got a friend who published a book and they did this with that book. That means that I need to do this with that book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they bought Amazon ads or Google ads or Facebook ads. You know, they bought ads because somebody else did it and it was successful. And I'm like, are you, are you comparing apples with apples? Or are you comparing apples with oranges? Yeah. You know? I mean, did I write the same book as you would write? Absolutely not. So why would I try and market it the same way? (laughs) I have. I have a habit of trying to turn my workshops and what I talk about into books. And because I'm not a writer. And if you, you, you could put a gun into my head and I wouldn't. 
I couldn't write two pages. But if you ask me to talk about a topic for three hours, no problem. Okay. Right. Have you got the recorded? That recorded? Oh, yeah. Okay. All you need to do with that, Mustafa, is to have that transcribed. Mm -hmm. And I use a company called Rev.com yep. and they transcribe it. You give that. I've got developmental editors who would take that material and just clean it up. You yep. don't have to do anything. They would t take that and boom, you would have a book. I hear yep. the same thing from people. Oh, I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. I'm a trainer. I'm a coach. Okay. So record it. Yeah. We're actually going to turn our, our podcast episodes into a book. Absolutely. I transcribe all my podcasts, my book marketing yeah. mentors podcast. They're all transcribed. I've got 297 at the moment. And that would be volumes of books if I wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The material is dynamite. Absolutely. As is your material. Hmm. Let's do it, Mustafa. We got to do this. <laughs> we got to do this. Yeah. Um, tell us about self-publishing and going with a publisher. What is the difference? Like, yeah. I have zero clues about that. Okay. I, so, to clarify, I know you can go on Amazon and publish your book. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what's the difference between that and going with a publisher. Okay, so there's a there's a group in between. So you've got self-publishing on one side, you've got traditional publishing on the other side, and in the middle is something called a hybrid publisher, which is, in okay. fact, that's what Aviva Publishing is. Okay. So it's halfway in between. So traditional publishing, you know, the Wileys, the Simon & Schuster's, the Ramden House of These World, the Hachettes, you know, as a first-time author, you better have something that is so dynamite that they could not resist publishing. I think it's hardest for a first-time author because you're an unknown. Um, so getting um, a deal with a traditional publisher is challenging. Now, people think that once they have a traditionally published book, they don't have to do anything. And that is another, that's a big mistake because traditional publishers, one of the most important parts of a book proposal that you would put to, uh, you would send to a traditional publisher needs to be your marketing platform. They want to know that you are going to be able to market that book for them. They, and you, it used to be that publishers took on the marketing, not anymore. The publishing industry has been turned upside down, especially with Amazon and with eBooks and, you know, audible books, uh, I mean, audio books. So yeah, they've had to rethink everything and they want you to market it. They want you to do the, you know, the grunt work. They're not going to put that much money into marketing it. So unless you're a celebrity and then it's going to sell itself. They have to do it. Yeah. As he says, I think I should talk to Susan regarding my book. Great feedback. So I see. Yes, we're going to reach out. Uh, I'm going to uh, later. We're going to share a gift by um, uh, Susan there where you could book a time to chat with her. Absolutely. Yeah. They get 20 um, minutes. I'll do a brainstorm with them. And yeah, I would I'd be delighted. It would be my honor. There you go. If you guys wanted to have a. 20 minutes uh, session uh, with Susan. Click on the link and book your time with her now and then, um, you know, see how she can help you. Um, so look, oh, should we go back to that self-publishing versus the traditional? Yes, yes. So I am, yeah. I am wondering, what does a publisher actually do that I cannot do? Nothing. Do they have like a network? Do they have? Yeah, I mean, um, there's there's a network. Know-how, knowledge, and the rest of it. but you could do it. the The thing with and um, this is where a lot of authors fall down, you know, because it's so easy just to stick a you know book on Amazon, um, and there's a stigma about self published books, and that is that it's not a real book. 
Oh, okay. You know, is it true? No. However, you know, a, a book, when you come through Aviva Publishing, I want your book to look like a traditionally published book. You know, um, this is one of our latest, The Economy of Kindness. Um, then there's uh, The Color of Courage. I mean, these are beautifully, um, you know, cover and the feel, the look, the, everything about this book smells like if it was in a bookstore right next to a traditionally published book, the average person would not know the difference. And that's the kind of quality that we want, you know, when we when we work with authors. So they they've got to be invested in this. It's not a cheap game. Yeah. Yeah. And it can um, be if you go, you know, you just put it on Amazon, publisher. I mean, there's some crappy stuff out there, which sorry. Absolutely. Excuse me. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I think it really depends on who your target market is as well. Like yeah. if you are trying to target a bunch of, say, doctors, right, and you come up with a, a, a an immature, uh, what, uh, a mediocre looking, you know, non-professional, non-professionally designed book and try to attract them, they're going to look at it and be like, this guy or girl doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Exactly. It's but all if in you've the got book. a beautifully designed and published book where it feels good, they could touch it, they could open it. Now, um, you know, that makes a difference. However, if you're going after a target market that does not care about quality so much, right? And they care maybe more about the content and how it helps them, you may not need to like spend all that money to. Am I on the right track here? Yes and no. Uh, it would be such a shame that if you had such valuable material that you don't take the time to get a book cover designed professionally. And you've got so many resources, things like Fiverr, Fiverr.com, um, Upwork. Um, you can get inexpensive. You don't have to have, you know, a, a graphic designer, I mean, there are less expensive ways, more cost-effective ways of doing it without having to, you know, invest five, 10, 15 grand on um, publishing the book. But Absolutely. you've still got to be invested in it. And uh, it's got to be professionally edited as well. There's nothing worse than, you know, oh, uh, my friend edited it. She was a school teacher and she taught English. Well, she's not an editor, you know, uh, and there are it different types difference. of editors. So yeah. you know, working with a publisher, they know the ins and outs. Is it something that you could do? Absolutely. Um, but having the clout of a publisher you know a hybrid or obviously a traditional publisher makes makes a big difference and some people won't Absolutely. accept a book that hasn't been published by a publisher for sure so yeah. once we have a book how can we make the, the book popular well again goes back to what we've been saying is who's your target audience you know, how can you get it out there? You know, what kind of following do you have? Uh, how can you promote it? You could promote it. You can use it as a resource. You talked about doing webinars. Um, it could be part of the webinar fee that they get a copy of the book. And is it a book that could be used in, the, in academia? Could it, you know, I mean, some of my authors um, have connections or have made connections with uh, different programs. I've got a woman who wrote a book uh, on health literacy, the A to Z of the health literacy. And she, her book is used in almost all the nursing schools. Um, and they just are constantly asking me, can I have a desk copy of this book? And I'm like, you know, I always send those to the author and say, hey, you take care of this. You know? 
They take care of those sales. We don't take care of, care of sales. That's that's our model. You so know. you have as much control and our policy at Aviva Publishing is that you make as much money as you can on the book. That's what we want for you. We want for you to be able to make the money and we'll help you with the ideas. We just don't do it for you. We just guide you along your author marketing journey. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and, and I, it, it's a profession and it, it, you need to tap into the knowledge and wisdom of someone that knows how to do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, some, some people make it sound so simple as much as, Oh yeah. We're like uh, publish your own book uh, over a weekend. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and I think there's a lot more into it. Than, oh, I mean, to do it could. properly. To do yeah. it. Properly. And I think I could put a blog together and put it on Amazon and publish it as a book. Of course you could. I probably could. But mm-hmm. will that do me a lot of good? We'll have to see about that. But there, I think there's a process and a way to do it properly, like you said, to do it professionally so that it brings your business, so that it gives you expertise and credibility and brings your customers and, and the rest of it. You know, that's part of your branding as well. Yeah. And if you've got a crappy looking book, what is that telling me about your brand? Do I want to do business with you if you're not taking, you know, attention to detail about this book represents who you are in the marketplace? And if you want to be seen as a credible expert, it needs to look the part. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's my image, what's out there. So exactly. That's, that's my representative. So I need to make sure that it is that I'm being represented properly. Exactly. You yeah. want to be represented properly. So people see, you know, this guy is a pro and I want to work with him. You got it. Susan, can your first book be a bestseller? If you want it to be, there's a game out there. Anyone can be a bestseller on Amazon. Um, unfortunately, you know, it, it's sort of been cheapened in a way. But yes, if you want that um, status, uh, it's a game. It's a matter of finding the right genre to put your book in and that it's a genre where, you know, you're the only person producing a book that week, that day, that hour in that genre. And for a hot second, you're an Amazon best-selling author. You're number one in that category. What about, say, a New York Times bestseller or an international bestseller? So international bestseller, same kind of thing. I've got people who can do that um, if that's what you want. Um, New York Times is one of those hidden secrets. People don't really know exactly how, you know, they make that selection. It's often quantity of books sold and that's you know if you look at um the best sellers um it's rarely an unknown on that list oh so mostly celebrities and people that... celebrities with there are a lot of pre-sales i mean if a celebrity puts out a book i mean I was talking about Michelle Obama's book the, uh, earlier, Becoming. I mean, before the book was out, it had sold millions of copies. That, yeah. I, I love that strategy. Yeah. I, I saw I saw Laura Langmire talking about it. Yeah. At the fact that, like, they put a cover out there with the title and the descriptions. They sell the book first. Yeah. And then they start writing it. Yeah. Right. That's the strategy. That. I, I had a, I worked with a coach once who, um, once he got the book cover out there, it was two years before the book came out, but he'd sold it in beforehand. I mean, you can sell it to help pay for the printing. Yeah. Brilliant. Pay for the editing and design. Absolutely. Oh man. I love that idea. And there are all these GoFundMe opportunities as well. The crowdfunding, you can, you can raise money that way. Um, yeah, I say get the, people say to me, when shall I start marketing my book? I said, as soon as you've got that book cover, get it out there. Let's Susan, get I think I have a few book it. ideas. 
Yay! I don't want to try. <laughs> and I, I think for me, it would be as easy as testing the idea first to see if would you read a book on this topic? Exactly. That's and if nobody research. responds, you don't have a book. Exactly. If people say, oh, hell yeah, sign me up. Mm -hmm. I might have an idea. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. I've got a few ideas. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yes, I'm. Uh, that's one of my strengths uh, is to really work at that creativity. What can you, you know, what can you come up with, and how can you take that book and then, as I said, repurpose it. You know, could you put your uh, a course together, an ebook, you know, a mini book? You could take chapters of the book and make those separate little mini books as yep. well. You could do the checklist, the tips. You know, those can all be books or booklets that you could sell separately. So one book can multiple different ways of which you can use the material. You don't have to reinvent the material, create new material all the time. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Well, one of my favorite ways to publish a book that I've been fascinated by was that there was this author that was releasing a new chapter of their book like once a while. Mm -hmm. once a week once a month or something and people they got the first chapter and now they were dying to read the second chapter yeah like that is brilliant yeah that so, works well in the fiction market particularly because yeah. you leave somebody with a cliffhanger it's like oh my goodness what happens next <laughs> i right. gotta know I'm thinking we could do it with the nonfiction as well like oh, in the can. next chapter i want to show you how to do this exactly. and they'd be like Oh, and if I it's really something the they need, if they need to know how to do that, that's your cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's love the it. hook for the next love chapter. It, love it, love it. Or the open <laughs> loop, some people call it. Oh, yeah. People can't stand open What's loop. your, Susan, what is your, we're getting close to the top of the hour. So what is your favorite out of the box book marketing strategy? I think what I told you is finding a, a complementary um, service or product and somebody who you can form a strategic partnership with and, you know, sell your book to them. Um, it's usually somebody with deep pockets. So you've, you've got to think broader um, as well. So and I, 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 I do that with, with, with my authors. We look at how, how can you find, you know, direct suppliers, vendors, and then indirect could be as well, as long as you have the same target audience um, in common. Love it. Love it, love it. Oh, I hope your listeners and, and viewers like it too. <laughs> Thank you. Susan, tell us about your gift, your 20-minute uh, brainstorming session. Please. I've got a 20-minute brainstorming session, brainstormwithsusan.com. And, yes, I will spend 20 minutes with you and we'll talk about uh, what you want to do with your book. Love it. Love it, I'd love be, it. No. It would be an honor to work with your people. I appreciate the, that's a generous offer. Now, gang, if you have a book or if you have a book idea and you want to get feedback on how to publish it and promote it and market it and get it out there and get creative about it and work with someone that has published over 400 titles, claim that 20 minute uh, uh, brainstorming <laughs> session with Susan and, you know, have a conversation. With her. Now, Susan, can I ask you some personal questions? Oh, <laughs> I've got it. a date tonight. <laughs> you do? Yeah. So it, they're going to be like uh, quick and um, quick and easy. Go for what's it. What's a what's a new thing you have re tried recently? Ooh. What's a new thing that I've tried recently? That's a that's a really good one. It could be like anything in life, business. Anything yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking my mind's going crazy now. It's like, what? that's a tough one. I mean, I try th new things all the time. Oh, you know what I did? Yes, huh? 
was crazy. I'm, I, I'm doing a retreat at the moment. Actually, I'm on it now. And what they had us do this afternoon was just get creative and draw the cover of a book with your non-dominant foot. You put the pen between your toes and you draw a book cover. How about that for a a different a, thing? A new thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea behind that, Mustafa, was to get over the fact that <laughs> you feel awkward. And when you're writing a book, there could be awkwardness about it. And you don't have the same control as you usually do over things. So allowing yourself to just do something that you don't know how to do and don't know how to do well. So, yes. Love it. So what are your top two or three favorite books that have made a massive difference in your life or business? Anything by Seth Godin. I absolutely love his marketing books. I, I love to pieces. Um, what other books? I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf here. It's like... I've, Something that has made a difference or you have rec recommended this book like more than any other books. Yeah. You're putting me on the spot. I yeah. wish you told me this before. <laughs> then it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> it would be if I could think of it. Oh, I'm, of course, my mind's gone blank. Um yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm we'll come I'm back like, to it if 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 you remember I'm, my favorite authors, I tell you another one, David Meerman Scott. Um I love I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, um, the new marketing and PR. Uh, I love his work. He also um just wrote something called uh Fantocracy as well. Um, that's become um, so his work is is really um, really good. I also love Jeffrey Gittimer's work. Uh, he's yeah, I like him marketing. Too. You know Jeffrey. Um, he's he's a friend. He's a colleague, and uh, I just love his say it as it is. I just love that about him. I really like his style of sales, and uh, he. Yeah, I've read. I've read a few of his books, mm. and one of my favorite books was the Sales Bible. Was obviously one yes. of the good ones. The Red Book of Sales, and then yep. there was the the Golden Book of Attitude, or something like that. Yep. I've got them all on my bookshelf. Here. I really I like that you, book. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, just anything he produces is is phenomenal um, as well. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah, uh, there are some yeah. there are some great people out there. With, with great books, yeah. Absolutely, Gittimer is great. So what's one advice that has made a massive different change, massive change in your life or business? It doesn't have to take 15 years to become an overnight success, but it does take time and energy um, to, to accomplish that what's known as that overnight success. I, I think that is, that's key. And um, something else that I always talk about is um, throwing a, a pebble in the pond and letting the ripples flow outward. And I've got a great saying here, um, actually from the Dalai Lama, just as ripples spread out when a single pebble is dropped into water, the actions of individuals can have far-reaching effects. How about that? For, Very nice. That, that's at the center of niche marketing, I believe. Absolutely. To have that ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you can have when you throw that pebble in the pond and you you look at where where the fish are, are, are. They're not all over the ocean. Where are they feeding? Absolutely. Um, so, Susan, um, if you had a, a Facebook or a Google ad, 
where everyone on the planet with access to internet could see. What would your message be for people of Earth? Find the people who value you and your message. What's the story behind that? Spend time looking at really, and that goes back to what we've been talking about so much in this program, is, is find your people, find your niche market, and, and really penetrate that, that niche. Because that's where the riches are in the niches, as exactly what um, you know I wrote about in my Riches and Niches, How to Make It Big in a Small Market. That, um, so, yeah, I believe that. Riches are in the niches. Love it, love it, love it. Susan, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? What advice would I give my 20-year-old self? Ask for advice when you need it. I was always shy about um, asking for help because um, growing up, I was expected to know things. And if I didn't know them, I had to go find them out. And I was very frightened about asking for help because I would, it would maybe look as if I was stupid and... I've learned over the years that asking for help is, is really um, the key because you can't do it on your own. You need other people. Love it. Asking for advice when you need it. And I think a lot of us get, get stuck there mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And, and not it, being frightened to ask for it. Because yeah. again, as I said, you know, people think, oh, well, you're expected to know that. Well, I'm like, eh, maybe yes, but I'll ask it, it anyway now. <laughs> I'm not sure. It, it's actually a sign of a strength to go ask it for is. help and advice. Absolutely. You're absolutely as we talk about the on the confidence show, confident people ask for help and advice. Yes. Yes. If you're if you're against it, that's a sign of insecurity. Because you might you don't want to look uh, weak and and unknowledgeable, or you, you know you don't want to sound dumb and stupid and all that. But any smart people that you know have multiple advisors and coaches and yeah, actually, I'm listening to a book at the moment called "Who Not How." Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend that to uh, Dan Sullivan. Um, and that talks about asking who can help you, not how can I do this. Mm, that's ask, the entire book I is on that topic? Huh? The entire book is on that topic? Correct. Dan Sullivan? Yep. Dan Sullivan, Who, Not How. Love it. Yeah. It's a great book. Highly recommend that one. Absolutely. Now that you're talking about, now I've had time to think through, you know. <laughs> Books that made a difference. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to put it added to my yeah. list. Who, not yeah. how. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Susan, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, for those you. of you who are watching or listening later, feel free to put your questions in the chat box. Make sure you like the um, show and subscribe to the channel. Susan, is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Oh, probably a lot. <laughs> We've Anything you want to mention? So much. We really have. And just again, that I would be honored to help anybody out there who feels that I might be a good person to chat with. And uh, yeah, brainstormwithsusan.com. And yeah, I would... I would be thrilled to talk about your book, talk about your niche market. If you don't have one, let's find one for you because um, I, I do that well, I have to admit. <laughs> love it. Love it. Now, gang, if you're watching or listening and if you want to tap into Susan's wisdom and expertise, go to brainstormwithsusan.com to claim your 20-minute session with uh, Susan, have a conversation with her and take it from there. Now, um, um, a couple of other housekeeping items. Again, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. That will help us spread the message, help other people and reach out more 
to more people around the world. Uh, tag your friend, whoever could benefit from this conversation, tag them there. And uh, another piece that is coming up is, is Simple Marketing Formula is coming up in December. If you wanted to create your one-page marketing plan for 2022 and do it up before Christmas so you have a very relaxed holiday time, knowing exactly what you're going to do for your business with a plan and a strategy and you name it, you want to check out um, Simple Marketing Formula Bootcamp coming up in early December. So it doesn't inter interfere with holiday time or shopping we do it early december and uh the link is going to be in the descriptions of the show and in the comments as well thank you for joining us thank you susan appreciate your time and expertise thank you and, and we'll see you guys uh, on our next episode bye now